I want to encourage you um, as we begin looking into the first 40 days, what Tracy's sharing, it really is a significant um, portion of the year where we really bring that consecrated perspective that begins to produce a rhythm uh, that we can really sustain through the course of the year. So we want to try and connect on a deeper level, help you find your place on a deeper level. We're, we're stepping into another realm of what God's asking us to do as a church family with ministering more effectively to our online community. I'm grateful for those of you that are online. I'm very excited about those of you on campus. And we really have two expressions there in many respects. And so we're, we're going to be introducing some of what we'll be doing in the course of the coming weeks to take our online community more to an official online campus. But it will involve things like our Discovering Destiny, which will take place January the 3rd, will not only happen here on campus upstairs. And I would invite you um, on that January 3rd, it'll be between the two services, so show up a half hour early to the 11.30, be there at 11, and we'll get started in the upstairs in the media room. And it's just a glimpse of what it looks like for us to function together as a church family, to find our place, to work together, uh, to be everything God's designed and called us to be. And so that'll be taking place on campus, but also for our online community. We've got people from many nations of the world, not only all over the nation, and so um, that will be online on that day as well. And then our Discover Destiny community group will be online following that. So we're just trying to take it to a whole um, new expression of effectiveness and influence that God is desiring to entrust to our care. So if you're interested in the Discover Destiny that morning, if you're new with us as a family coming in or you're, you've just not found your place yet, you might have actually gone through Discovering Destiny before, but you just want to step into uh, discovering more of your where you fit, uh, which is kind of what I'm talking to you about today, uh, then I would encourage you to find that. So here we are, Christmas week. Um, let me make sure I said that correctly. Text the destiny to the number on the screen, not just find that. That way you have something specific to do. You know, if you want to fill out a connect card, you have an interest about anything at all, we want to connect with you and help you find your way in all of that, whether that's baby dedications, baptisms, or whatever. Um, it is Christmas week, and here we are. Um, this Thursday, we will gather for a Christmas Eve celebration, 5 p.m. We want to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we want to give consideration this week to every possible way that we can honor the Lord, bring our attention and our focus back to Him. And um, in doing that, part of what I want to challenge you to today is to consider how you can this week make the most of a season of the year where people all around you are thinking about, unto us this child is born. Aren't you glad Jesus came? I mean, what an understatement it is. Something in every one of us wants to celebrate and say yes, but, but it needs to celebrate and say yes from an even bigger perspective than what we can begin to comprehend. And I want to show you that today as we talk about the unconventional order of the kingdom of God that produces the unconventional love of God. And so think with me, you know, Tracy mentioned the, um, the Grinch. Uh, a lot of traditions happen during the course of this year. Uh, anybody like the, the classic Christmas cartoons that come on? Anybody watch Rudolph every single year? And, you know, here's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys. 
And I want us to kind of tie in the concept and understanding of these misfit toys and how that applies with us in a, in a week of Advent where we're talking about love and see the unconventional love of God in the way that really helps us sense the purpose of God. So what we have in the island of misfit toys are a bunch of toys that have these quirks, uh, limitations, issues, problems, and they feel totally unloved as a result. Anybody here ever feel like you might have uh, an unlovable side about you that keeps you from being loved if you could only get past whatever those issues are in your life? And, and I know uh, for me, there have just been so many things. When I, when I think about the way I grew up and the lack of conventional uh, perspective that I, I you know, really just didn't ever have a conventional mindset growing up. I was trying to fit in. We, we lived, I mean, we moved around a lot, and I've talked about this, but, but we lived in a neighborhood that was not affluent and was, in fact, we took the girls back a few years ago to uh, the house, the main house that I, I would say the main house I grew up in because my dad, you know, had a lot of different jobs. We moved around a lot. Um, but this main house I grew up in, and when we pulled up and showed the girls the house where I was a child growing up in, they were shocked. They were looking around. They felt like we were in danger. Um, I mean, it was the hood, baby. And so the hood, however, this, this house was right next to what was called Birdland. Like, I mean, one street over was Birdland. And Birdland is where affluent people live. And so I was always in this combination mixture trying to fit into different worlds and it created in me a sense of unconventional that I believe has helped me in ministry realize that no matter who you are or who you are not how many of you know God has a wonderful plan for your life and so I just all you know all throughout ministry all throughout business all throughout everything relationships I married up 10 levels above me you know I mean I've always felt like I've got all these situations that I'm being put into a context that requires more of me than really the capacity I possess and that's that's just the that's the nature of God at work in the kingdom of God Moses felt like he couldn't be used by God Abraham felt like he was too old Peter was too hot-headed Mary was too young Sarah was too old I mean it goes on and on and on and and, and when you realize God's not wanting you to come to a place where you feel mightily able to be used by God then it helps disarm a lot of that and you feel mightily in need to be connected to God because he's asking something more of you than you actually have the ability to accomplish. And we know when you get past your own abilities, that's when you go into God's abilities, and that's what we need in all of our lives. So just get the context of this. I thought about what an unconventionalist I tend to be. I don't look at things from a normal uh, point of view. My abnormal perspectives sometimes, you know, would be... Um, points of jokes of kids growing up and so on, just differing perspectives that I carried unconventionalism. And what it's done is kind of helped me to understand a few things. And I want to share this story of something that happened to me to kind of help us uh, get this today. I was invited into a forum of about 12 leaders locally. This is years ago, right after I became the pastor of the church. And I, I have no idea how I got, I still to this day have no idea how I got invited into this. These are very influential pastors locally. Um, 
And like back in that day, you have to realize 71 people voted me in as pastor when I first became the pastor. So we didn't have any measure of influence like what we do now. And we even now don't have a measure of influence in comparison to those pastors and leaders in that room. And here I am with about 12 of them. And former governor, um, I almost said Frank Keating, not Frank Keating, it is George Nye. Former Governor George Nye comes into the room, so you've got this former governor and these 12 pastors, and we're all sitting down, and I'm kind of looking around, don't know anybody there, and I, and, and I realize that the first item of the agenda is for everybody to share who they are, where they're from, and what they're about. And as I hear this, and the first pastor goes... <laughs> And he starts talking about the phenomenal ministry impact they're having, his political entrance that God's given him, uh, and, and it only got better from there. Like they were going around the room, and everybody's sharing. And, and I, I sat in this room, and I started thinking to myself, I, I mean, I just want to be honest with you, okay? This is like total vulnerability and honesty. I started thinking to myself, how can I inflate my profile enough to impress these very important people in the room so I don't feel like such an idiot? Has anybody ever felt like you didn't fit into conventional circumstances that you found yourself in? Anybody can relate to this. And so that, that starts racing through my head. And, and as it gets down about two guys away and I'm realizing, okay, I'm about to go, I just felt the Lord prompting me in that moment, asking me, will you relax and be yourself. And I want to ask you that question. Are you willing to relax and be yourself? It came to me, rather than inflating my profile, I simply said something along these lines. I'm probably the least likely candidate to have been invited into this room I'm not even exactly sure how I got here. <laughs> uh, I've not had major accomplishments in ministry. I'll tell you what my story is. I used to be like a heavy metal 80s lead guitarist, strung out, overdosed on drugs twice, got saved, met Jesus, completely transformed, want everybody in the world to know the transforming power of God. That's really my story, and I want to do anything I can to partner with whatever you all have in mind in our community. It wasn't some huge statement that I was making. It was just the truth. And, and here's what I want to challenge you to understand. As long as you keep trying to fit in, you'll never learn how to stand out. We work so hard to fit in. God's not called us to fit in. God's called us to stand out. He's not called you to be like other people. God has called you to be like Him. <laughs> his image. We bear His image, and, and if we'll just carry His image in humility and not feel the need to try and impress everybody it's kind of like the island of misfit toys you see where i'm going like we're all on this island together and we're all trying to walk this out and look at what scripture says to this because the bible is so clear first corinthians 1 26 think of what you were when you were called by god 
just let's stop. I mean, no, we're just so bad about just reading verses of Scripture and not paying attention to what God's trying to say. I want you to pause there for a moment. I want you to think about what you were when you were called. God called you. What were you in that moment? And he's communicating something here powerful for all of us to understand. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. And not many were of noble birth. I mean, this is pretty wild. Like, God isn't looking for people that are of noble birth, are influential, or wise by human standards. God embraces the misfits who feels like the world doesn't love them. He scoops in and introduces them to a love beyond what the world has to offer that awakens something powerful deep in your soul, brings an identity into your life that you begin to walk in a sense of confidence beyond your wildest imagination. This is the love of God. And God extended this to the Jews. God comes to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Abraham has 12 sons. Those 12 sons become 12 tribes, and they literally become the nation that God was blessing in the earth. And they kept on rehearsing all these grand prophecies that one day there would be a group of people that'll be like everybody and they'll be celebrating unto us a child is born and they'll rehearse some of these prophecies and like all the nations, not just the nation of Israel, all the nations will be included. Do you understand what God had to do to be able to include all the nations to feel like they were a part of God's plan? That means he had to reach past the, the boundaries of people feeling like they're excluded and help them begin to feel like they're included. What would God have to do to cause people to feel included? Well, notice this, Zechariah 2, 10 and 11. Shout and be glad, daughter Zion, for I am coming, and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Many nations will be, not just the nation of Israel, many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. I don't know if you understand the grand scale of what I'm pointing at, but this is massive. What was taking place, what God was preparing, the atmosphere he was cultivating was being prepared for the seed that he would deposit. And this is why Jesus had to be born of a different order outside of the religious system of his day. This is why he had to be born... Uh, in an uncommon, uh, I'm sorry, in a common way, surrounded by the uncommon religious order of his day. All of a sudden, what we see is in his perfection of deity, there was this invitation to humanity that moved from exclusive to inclusive. So not just the nation of Israel, but all the nations of the world felt the invitation by God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And do you see how this applies to you personally? How many of you in this room could tell me five reasons right now why you shouldn't be used by God? Mistakes you've made, difficulties you have, dysfunctions that exist. Go ahead, raise your hand. One of your dysfunctions is not raising your hand immediately. You've got to understand what I'm saying. Like we can all think of all the reasons why, but what Jesus did was he came in an unconventional way to express the unconventional love of God that draws every single person in, no matter what their deficiency or dysfunction may be, because of the power of his love come on let's do just
Just, just usher it in. Let it rain. Open the gates, Lord, that we might have a revelation of your love. Matthew chapter 1, 22 to 23, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Again, prophecies, this is what's being referenced here in the New Testament. It's a reference to the Old Testament prophecy. <laughs> the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God with us. God with us. All these great prophecies were fulfilled. Do you feel included yet? Because you're about to feel even more so included. All these great prophecies, grand prophecies. The King of Kings is coming. The Lord of Lords will arrive. Jesus will be born. He will be the grandest king of ev any king that ever existed in all the history of the world. These were all the prophecies. And these, these religious order of the Jews rehearsed these prophecies on a scale that caused them to miss the point completely. Because here Jesus comes, like they're saying, Lord, we need the answer. We need the answer to the world's woes, the answer to the world's problem, the answer to all the issues that exist in the world. And, and Mary, who not even married, gets pregnant. Now here's this pregnant teenager trying to explain to Joseph, no, really, this is not uh, like, it's not like what you think. God made me pregnant. Oh, okay, yeah. And then he's going to really believe that. No, he's not going to believe it until he has his own encounter with God. And then he realizes, okay, there's more. I mean, you know, he had to process through a lot in all of this. I mean, you think about the story and what's really going on, and then they don't even have a place to go have a baby, and they're like being pushed out, and they wind up in this barn in a stable it's like jesus was born and there he is crying in the manger and i mean the king of kings has come the lord of lords has arrived the answer to all humanity is this really that's the answer mary wasn't known joseph wasn't influential Neither of their families were affluent. They had no political influence. They had no strong religious influence. I mean, this is the answer. This is what you brought God to the earth. Why would you? Do? What is that smell? Did the boy? Look, your answer just pooped his diaper. That's what your answer just did. Or maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it's one of the stinky animals right beside him because here we are in this barn. This is the answer? Jesus had to be born in an unconventional order to demonstrate the unconventional love that would draw the misfits of the world like you and me into a place of understanding God's love in a way that we could embrace and receive what he's desiring for us to get. Now, according to the, the world's standards, the birth of Jesus, this king has come, it was not spectacular. In fact, from earth's perspective, the birth of Jesus was mundane and disappointing, and the Jews missed it altogether. But from heaven's perspective, don't want you to get it, from heaven's perspective, the birth of Jesus was spectacular. It was glorious. 
I mean, they all gathered together, all the angels, and they, they got their, their popcorn, and they were, they were ready. Have you, anybody watched those episodes of, of Undercover Boss? Anyone ever seen those before? And so, he, you know, here you go. You got the, the boss who comes in, like a, a common co-worker, an unsuspecting employee is working right next to the dude who's like really the boss, and, and, and the half-hearted individuals that just don't give their all, they get dealt with by the boss, but the wholehearted people who really give uh, their, their, their heart to, to all that's happening, they get blessed and rewarded by the boss. All the angels have come over to the edge of eternity, and they're looking on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is being born. It is the ultimate episode of Undercover Boss from Heaven. This is spectacular. This is amazing. This is phenomenal. The king was born into circumstances of utter humility to purposefully identify and relate to misfits like you and like me. What if I'm not educated enough? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Everybody say foolish. I love this verse because that word is moros in Greek. It also is where we get our word morons. So just tell your neighbor, you are fully qualified to be used by God. You can let him know. I mean, it's amazing. You know, what if I'm not strong enough? Okay, let's move past education. Let's talk about strength. What if I'm not strong enough? What if I'm not powerful enough? This verse actually goes on. It says, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. What if I'm not influential enough? What if I don't have access? And, and inf- I mean, are, are you hearing what Jesus did to help us understand the common power to be released in the common people to, to become everything God's called them to be? What, what if I'm not influential enough? What if I don't have access and influence? The, the Bible says in verse 28 of this same chapter, 1 Corinthians 1, God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. In other words, God is saying, I'm going to redefine your priorities because that which you have decided are the greater priorities are actually the lesser priorities. Does this sound like a reality in the world that we live in? And that which you think are lesser priorities are actually greater priorities. I've just learned in my walk with God, after I've walked with the Lord long enough, I start to realize looking back. Anybody relate to this? Some of the things I used to think were so important, I believe God was saying those things aren't all that important. And some of the things I used to think those things really aren't all that important those are the things god was trying to scream to me these are the things that are that really matter the priorities of god are born from eternal perspective and jesus came to introduce an eternal perspective in such a human way that every single one of us would be able to get it and once we finally become fully convinced of his love then we are equipped to go out searching for other misfits who need to embrace and have the embrace of this kind-hearted king. How many of you know this is why we do what we do? This is why we're here. This is why we devote ourselves to gathering on campus, online. It's why we're trying to figure out how to more effectively do what? Not go to church. Make disciples. We have to make disciples. Jesus said, if, uh, he demonstrated for us, if you want to make a difference, you have to learn to make disciples. Making disciples requires something deeper. 
That's why we want to make sure everybody understands the importance of following the example of Christ and sacrificially loving, serving, and giving as a way of life. Loving, serving, and giving as a way of life. The Bible says that you can, it's easy to love people who love you, but it's a real sacrifice, an expression of worship to the Lord when you love somebody who's not very loving to you. Do you understand? In other words, when it costs you a little bit more to do it, it becomes a worshipful expression to the Lord. I shared in the first service, and I want to just voice my appreciation again for our, our worship team. This last Tuesday, they do their rehearsal on Tuesday night. They're up here worshiping. They work so hard to provide an atmosphere of worship for us. And last Tuesday, the weather was such that they had to cancel, which meant they had to come in for an early, early Sunday morning rehearsal for today because we've got Christmas Eve this week and and you know it was just one of those things uh, Pastor Christy just cracking the whip you know that's what she's doing she's cracking the whip and so everybody shows up here really early this morning probably most of you were not out of bed when they were arriving on this campus to come in and really sacrificially giving themselves to helping cultivate an atmosphere of worship so I'd like us as a church family first and foremost come on we just want to say to our worship team, man, we are so thankful for what you bring to this house. Man, we are blessed. We are so blessed. And I want to just then turn a corner and say, how many of you know that you can get up early sacrificially and show up with a sour attitude and it not really be service to the Lord? Now, I know nobody in our church would be like, I'm talking about the other churches that I'm aware of because that doesn't happen here. But what I'm simply saying is you can actually be doing something sacrificial and not do it with a heart to serve the Lord and it not be worship to him at all. And that's why it's so important that we're coming back and we're saying, I want to do what I do sacrificially as an expression of worship to the Lord. That's, that's why I, I want to just, in this moment, I want to say to you, Loving, serving, giving. I mean, it's been a tough year. And, and there are some people online, some people on campus, some people, you know, giving's just not been something you've really participated in. Tithes, offerings, and I, I just challenge you in this season. This is the time maybe it's been difficult for you that, that it becomes more of a worshipful expression to the Lord. To honor him with your giving. It's pretty easy. We don't do you know, buckets, but, if, but you can text GP2RL to that number, 77977, and get things set up. You can give on our giving stations when you're here. I, I understand, you know, Tracy and I, over the course of years, and, and we've walked through some times where we've had to contend with difficulty that had come our way, and there, there have been times that, that our giving was, it was very difficult to do it. But, you know, we just chose in those times to let it be a more fragrant expression of worship to the Lord. Are you with me today? Because there are too many misfits that still need to know that we are here as a church family to embrace them and express to them the love of God Almighty. So I encourage you, figure this out when we're coming together on January the 3rd and we're talking about the connection. It's a beautiful thing for you to show up and come to church, but God, Jesus didn't die so you could merely go to church. Jesus died so you could figure out who you are and who we are as a family together. And I'm just telling you, we are going to leave a legacy in 
the earth that's going to outlast every one of us. And the next generation church is going to have a church that is theologically strong. The next generation church is going to have a church that is relationally strong. And the next generation church is going to have a church that is financially strong because we meant business in our faith as we serve the Lord our God. That's what it's about. More than just us. Come on, let's agree. Let's agree right now. Lord, make room, we pray. And we just want to make room in our hearts. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We want to press into worship. Let me just give you this scripture because it's a great expression of what we're talking about. 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. How many of you are Jesus? You're an ambassador for Christ. You are an ambassador. You're a representative of God's kingdom in the earth. It's powerful when we understand what Jesus was saying when he was saying, uh, when he was using the word church and what that really means in the earth. We're going to look at that in 2021 so that we get a clearer picture of what this is. It was not about, he, he did not use vernacular that established a religious institution as an order in the earth. He used vernacular that, that established a kingdom being established in the earth. It was profound what was being revealed. You and I are ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Do you hear the passion in this declaration? Be reconciled to God. God has provided the way, the avenue for us to be reconciled to him. Wherever you are, in this journey of faith. Maybe you're, you're hearing this today and you're saying, yeah, I've not really started this journey of faith. Today's the day you should take the first step. Maybe you're far, far along in your journey, in your walk. Maybe just another step of greater maturity, understanding I want to find a deeper place of sacrifice. Maybe when Tracy's talking about fasting and praying, that's a foreign concept to you. Did you know the Bible actually is interesting? It points out Jesus makes the statement, when you pray and when you fast, and then he gives direction on how to do it. He didn't say if you pray and if you fast. He said when you pray and when you fast. Wherever you are on this journey, will you take a step forward? to express the sacrificial nature of Jesus in the way you're serving the Lord. Come on, let's all stand, would you? I really want to challenge you this week to be very intentional. You know, we, we bring God's presence to real life. That's who we are, it's what we do. The action of our lives is born out of the identity of who we are. So every week, we bring God's presence to real life as an action point expression. And so your action point this week, how to take what we're sensing of the Lord and produce and release it into action is just purpose to be intentional. Just think about it. How are you going to celebrate the coming of Christ this week with those that you'll be celebrating with in a way that will bring glory and honor to God and dignity to the people around you, really embracing a deeper revelation of Christ? It's gonna look different for everybody. And all I'm saying is think about it in advance. Don't just let it happen. I don't know if you understand, but like there was a day for me when I didn't look like I was a person who was ever going to be saved. Maybe some of you have that same background. And like it happened. <laughs> some of you are about to encounter this week, maybe in your Christmas celebration, individuals 
that maybe look like they're never really going to come to know Christ, but this could be their week. I mean, this Thursday might actually be at our Christmas Eve. When we gather here at 5 o'clock in the evening, that might actually be the night some of your friends and family give their lives to Jesus. How about that? Be reconciled to God. It's profound to think about this. So how can you be used in that regard? Invite people into this journey of faith with you. Pray for them. Fast and pray for them. Sacrificially give yourself. Unto us the child is born. The son is given. He has come. He's here. And I just I felt the Lord asking me as I was praying this morning that when we come to this space just to give a little bit of room to recognize that we're not just singing songs about him or preaching sermons about him. We're encountering him. He's here. That's what we're doing. You, you get it. So I just want to make a little bit of room. And I just want to ask, there's some of you in the room, maybe there's a, a, a need for healing, physical healing. You know, like, it's pretty amazing. But every person who ever came to Jesus when he's walking on the planet received the healing power of God. I, I just... I have to reconcile some things. I'm going to talk about some of what we would see as irrecon irreconcilable theological conclusions next week. And it's really unique, the thing the Lord spoke. And I, in fact, I shared with um, Ed and Magdalia before service. I, I don't think in my life I've ever, I mean, maybe I have, but I don't remember ever being more excited about the message that God's given me to bring a week from today. It's just profoundly significant and unique the way the Lord revealed it. And, and, and I, I want you to understand, I don't know how to reconcile all this, but I do want to say, He is the God that heals us. He is Jehovah Rapha, our God, our healer. I want to ask, if you're here in this room and you need a healing touch from God, why don't you lift your hands right now in this moment and let's just receive what God desires to release in this place. Father, I just thank you for hands lifted all across this room. Hands lifted people that are with us online in their homes right now, lifting their hands. Father, we're asking in the name of Jesus for your healing power to be manifest in the body of Christ. There are circumstances and situations that some people have contended with for years, perhaps issues that have been contended with for generations. We break the generational curse now in Jesus' mighty name, and we command healing, Lord, to break forth in our physical bodies. You died that we might have life. You bore stripes that we could be healed. So we accept that now. Unto us a child is born. God is with us. In the moment, in the room. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Another thing I saw when I was praying today was I, I saw a vine growing and then another vine growing, and they got so fruitful that all, they all began to overlap. It almost looked like a bush. And I just felt the Lord was saying that he wants us to understand his plan is for our lives to flourish in such a way that it overlaps into the lives of people all around us, impacting them because the kingdom of God is here to expand. Jesus didn't come so he could pray a nice little prayer. He came so that we could invade and take over the earth. 
So come on, we just receive now. Lord, you are enlarging us. You're increasing us. We thank you, Lord. This is more than a sweet little Christmas moment in time, but this is the time where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords came in an unconventional way to express the unconventional love of God, to draw misfits who had no power into a place of utter humility where we find great power in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Come on, I just want to stir this. This is a, a, these are important moments. Our family is learning more of what it is, not just to pray together. It's important to pray together, and we sit down and we pray. We make those times and just say, hey, let's pray. You know, what are, what's on your heart? What can we pray about? Well, just take turns and pray. It's a great practice for us as a family. But we're learning to just sit down and say, let's listen and pray. In other words, invite God in that moment to actually be in charge. It's been beautiful just to watch Tracy and the girls and, and, and you know, just all of us in this moment of listening together. And then somebody breaks silence as they sense direction from the Lord. And I want us to step into that moment of silence, but I want to stir something of prophetic nature before I do. And I, I just want to say over you, Ed and Magdalia, as um, I was standing up here, I just saw that your passion for the Lord and your open heart for what He desires has positioned you for a place of influence that is far beyond what you can comprehend and has little to do with the moment. And I saw this little rock being dropped into what seemed like a huge pond uh, and I felt like it was the Lord saying where you have landed here <laughs> you know God uprooted you from where you were telling you that you were to move here I know your story about all of that and it was like a little pebble dropping into this pond and it just seems like there's just a little bitty ripple but actually as I looked I saw the ripple getting bigger going further and far-reaching even beyond your life and you've made a decision to follow the Lord that's going to impact people beyond what you can ever comprehend I believe it is significant what you said your family all coming together here in a matter of just a week and a half or so it's just the Lord preparing and positioning you to see there's something more God is up to when I was standing down there I just looked up at you Pat and I just saw you playing the keyboard and and, and I just felt the Lord was just saying to me, more than music comes out of you when you play. More than music comes out of you when you play. And I believe under your care, others are going to play with that same anointing that you impart to them. And more than music will come out of them when they play. And Father, I pray that you would teach us to be men and women of the Spirit. God is with us could we just learn to be known as people in the earth that are described by other people in the earth those are people who God is with could we just carry the presence of God in such a way that people are drawn with such an appetite and thirst for what we have the Bible says we're the salt of the earth and the more we practice his presence as a way of life the more thirsty those around us will become for that which is genuinely born from the heart of God or that's our prayer and that's our cry just a bunch of misfits Our minds full of so many reasons 
why we're really not qualified to be used by God or even loved by God. But you stepped in to our lives by coming in an unconventional order outside of the religious order of your day to express the unconventional love of God that reaches into the life of every human being on the planet. For that, Lord, we are so deeply grateful. We cherish what it is to learn to walk in your presence. You know, this song we're about to sing day and night, night and day, let incense arise. You know, the Bible actually says that the the um, incense, the prayers of the saints are like incense before the Lord. I don't know if you know the significance of these words, but every morning the priest in the Old Testament would stir the coals and the incense would rise, and every night the priest would stir the coals. So 24 hours a day, incense was arising out of the temple. Know ye not, know ye not, you are the temple. And when you stir yourself to take hold of the things of God in the morning and stir yourself to take hold of the things of God at night, out of your soul and out of your spirit, something of communion with God rises 24 hours a day. Come on, let's declare it.